Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Glad to have you all with us today. We are having a real good roundtable today with a couple of my favorite people. But before we get to that, I just wanted to um, congratulate the city of Eatonville. Um, I got the privilege of being at a conference, uh, press conference with them uh, very uh, earlier this morning, and they received a grant from the African American Culture and Historical Grant uh, from the Florida Department of State. Um, and uh, the mayor, Mayor Eatonville, Eatonville Mayor Angie Gardner, was present along with Rosa Pickett of the Zeta Educational Thespian Association, which um, runs the Mosley Houses, one of the historic homes in the uh, town of Eatonville. I also got a chance to uh, worked there briefly a couple of times in earlier years, so um, I was really excited to see that. And um, also, uh, N.Y. Nathiri, who is um, over the, the Association to Preserve the Eatonville, he, she's the Executive Director, Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community. And um, so there will be grant money going to the Mosley House and to Zora's place. So um, congratulations to them. Um, and so we may talk about that a little bit later, but in the meantime, you get a chance to ask your real estate questions with a couple of my favorite real estate, um, uh, I guess you could say experts, and they've got other stuff going on too, always associated with make, you know, making a house a home. Let me please uh, welcome back and, and reintroduce Zeppeli Lawrence and Lori Rivera. Good morning, ladies. How are you doing? We're doing great now that you're on. We just pay you very well to promote us like this, right? Good morning. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Thank you for having Happy us on. Happy Thursday. Happy Friday Eve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to have you both on. And, and unfortunately, just because we've all gotten so busy, don't get a chance to see you all that much. But um, it's a blessing that you all have decided to join me. There w- would have been others, but everybody is so crazy busy because of this market, um, even though, you know, it's it's a little bit uh, peculiar, I, I would say. <laughs> but, you know, markets are cyclical. So, Tell me, um, in either one of you can start first. It's up to you. Tell me what you have seen, I guess, over the past several months with regards to the Central Florida real estate market. Well, besides the prices still is where it's at. It's stabilizing a little bit. But what we're seeing is a lot of um, looking for the nice way to say it. You know, you, you go out with a person and you show 
10 houses, you make 10 offers, 20 offers, and you're up against people, cash offers that's paying fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 above asking price, which is a problem for us local buyers because they don't have that. If they have a few mm-hmm. thousand dollars more that, you know, it's a loss, they don't have that type of money to compete. So I see a very um, unfair, uneven market, and in, including with what the builders and how the builders are are treating the realtors and their customers because they don't see a need for us right now and they're bidding against each other. So it's a really happy time for, I would say, 89% of us realtors. Lori? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a lot of startup companies are coming in that will purchase the house for cash. There are ways to get around it. Um, Ribbon. And Zip, I heard her talking the other way, so I stole them from her. I think it's Pathway. 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 So if you're not ready, and I do other things besides real estate that are real estate related to get people into homes. So I'm constantly looking for ways, um, either with down payment assistance or alternate forms of, okay, this company is paying cash for the property, so you're guaranteed to have a closing on this date. But then they charge 3%. Or more. Predatory. I mean, it's... They're in it for the business, but there are ways around it to become a cash buyer when you're actually not, and to use down payment assistance because it would stretch out the time that you can close longer that way. So it's, you know, a catch-22. I'm totally on board with that. I mean, you see buyers that are fully qualified, but if you're an FHA, if you're a VA, I was just telling that to Lori, they don't. They don't even consider you unless no. you're cash or conventional. Absolutely. And conventional is still second runner to to the cash buyer. I've got well, well qualified. You know, high 700s in in the credit score, and good money, decent money to close something. But because they're VA, nobody will accept the offer. Good. We're not. We're not under. And let's offering. And let's talk about why though. So according to our statistics, for the past, I'd say, 18 to 24 months, because we do look at them every month, a, a balanced market where its buyers and sellers are equal is six months of inventory. That means six months of homes to sell. When it gets down to three months of inventory, that becomes a seller's market. We've been down to one month of inventory for 18 to 24 months. I want to say I haven't counted it recently, but at least 18 months. So that's kind of the reason why the um, builders slowed down 20 years ago. They didn't want to produce enough starting 20 years ago, and it's accumulated and accumulated and gone on. That added to we have a 1,000 people a day still moving to Florida. So there's a lot of reasons why we still have investors from, you know, we're part of global. So we have investors from all over the world buying here because of Disney and the tourism industry here. Right? Right, I agree. No, 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 you're doing fine. Um, we're going to yeah. throw it back to you, Gretchen. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, the other thing that troubles me is that what you're paying for a house out there, whether whether you manage to get one or, or not, even the investors, what you're paying for a house out there, it sometimes is not really worth what you're paying. That is the thing that troubles me. Some some of what is been being put into these houses in terms of um, materials, in terms of style and character, uh, you know, other stuff, you know, is it, just very, either very basic or you know, 
in some cases, for quality that doesn't get discovered until down the road. Now, I went oh, to create a home. Oh, and some of them site on site uh, scene. Or they, yeah. okay, so I put, I've been working yeah. with, I normally work with, one of my niche markets is first-time home buyers. So, like I said, there are ways around things. You look for places out of the way. You look for things that have been on the market a little bit that maybe need a little bit of work, just like you're talking about. And then the 203K is a rehab loan for FHA and the streamline for the conventional. So if it's been on the market for a while and a seller wants whatever amount of money, that's one way that a first-time home buyer can get in. But the way, wait a minute, I'm sorry, working with first-time home buyers, what were we just talking about? Um, so there are ways that can get in for properties that have been on the market for a while and you can rehab them. But yeah, you're absolutely right about the value, you know, and it's, and it is slowing down with the inflation and I don't know why they didn't do this five, six years ago because that would have curtailed everything now instead of it jumping all at once. They could have done this in a slower way where they gradually have gone up in interest rates. Remember, in the 1980s, interest rates were between 18 to 21% when you're buying a home. So this is not unheard of. It's not unprecedented. It happens. Yeah, but this is today. So I'm going to differ with, with Lori a little bit. This is today. And so... The state of Florida, we don't make that income to sustain a quality of life. I, I don't agree because now we have SpaceX, we have Mar- Marietta, we have a lot of good-paying jobs. I mean, look at Apple. They're paying okay, great. But, okay, hold it. i got to stop you there, okay? Because you got to look at who's getting those jobs, Lori, first of all. Thank you, um, Gretchen. Thank home, you. Homegrown people, especially people of color, are not getting those jobs for the most part. Okay, I can tell you that right now. Um, yeah, and the people that, let's, let's say the people that help those people, the people that do have that kind of money and everything, those people are working at the hotels and restaurants in, in tourist right. town. Okay? Yeah. And they are, no, so, they, you know, yes, we have grown in terms of having more technology jobs. That That is awesome more jobs in the medical field that's awesome a lot of times though those jobs come with people already in them from other places my husband works at a company that the job uh, has moved a sector they closed down a portion of their company in new jersey and moved that particular portion of work down to orlando people came with those jobs Okay, right. it's not like the, the the jobs were, you know, I mean, there were a few vacancies, but for the most part, people came with those jobs. And that happens with a lot of these companies that come down here uh, because it's beneficial to have a company down here because of taxes and whatever else. But it does not necessarily benefit the people who are working in the restaurants and in the hotels and even in people's houses. Okay. Right. Agreed. Absolutely agree. You know, my brother, victim to that same thing you're talking about, he's been in that technology industry for over 40 years. Mind you, staying on top of all the up-to-date processes and whatever it is and into this network and thing. And sure enough, they came up, they bought over his company. They came with their employees. So as high up as he was, he couldn't even be downsized. What they did was compartmentalize these these jobs and giving four jobs to one person and yeah. getting rid of the people here. So 
and to this day, because of course, if he's worked for forty years, he's you know he's 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 now in the senior category. He's not finding work. He's not no. finding work to sustain his his household, much less his lifestyle. Yeah. So it's pretty sad. And then we have the rental market that oh wow customers that yeah customers that's you know that was working with for a year trying to be prepared to purchase you know within this year. Now they, they either don't have the job that pays or their rent has went up five or six hundred dollars. And the interest rates and the mortgages. Right? So they can't buy. Interest is at what? Five point seven, five point eight percent right now. They can't buy, they can't rent. They're moving to the villages. They're moving to Haines City. They're working in Orlando. Needless to say, you know, the gas they're paying now because they've been pushed out of a rental market. It doesn't exist right now for your everyday, and that's my word, your everyday people. We can't afford that living. And I, and, and I put some realtors, your, your 80% of realtors, I put them in that category. We are everyday people right. that are working okay. seven days a week. Well, the average realtor makes $40,000 a year, right? The average realtor. So well, and then not only that, you have people. I don't know, people, I don't know any. Yeah. And not only not only that, the people that are going into real estate, because our numbers have grown as realtors because right. people have bought into the hype and it's like, oh, yeah, I can make all this money in real estate. But these people are, are having to keep nine to five jobs and work real estate um, because of, you know, the, the uh, I guess you could say lack of supply in, in part. And, and also, too, with the haggling over commissions and, and other types of things. So it's not as, as lucrative as it used to be. And then if you are working with buyers, you are suffering also from this, this gas thing probably more than the person that does work 9 to 5 because you've got to keep gas in your tank to take people to show them houses. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. was telling Lori to fill up half a tank of my gas is now $50. Half a tank every time, and every time you go out and show somebody, you know, you're putting gas back, and it's ridiculous. And we're not we're not showing the same areas we used to show. Now we have to show further out and further out, and not getting as many offers closed for sure because there's less inventory. And I Lots laugh. Offers. Yeah, I laugh when this old J.P. Morgan Chase is laying off their mortgage their lenders. I, well, why? I mean, there's no inventory. It's a, no big surprise. But this, they're saying, oh, this big recession is coming. I think it's a, it's a balancing. I mean, to me, it's just there were too many lenders. There's too many realtors. The average realtor is in business two years. I mean, how long have you been in the business, Grudge? Oh, longer than <laughs> – much longer than that. Probably not as long as some others. And, and still, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't really say I have the most stellar career in this business, you know. Uh, you know, it, it is kind of also a lot of revising because, and the reason I say that is because you, you we're talking about uh, interest rates and, and fives and stuff right now. If you recall, I don't know if you do, before Sorry. COVID, before COVID, yeah. it was predicted that we were going to have five percent interest rates that first year of COVID, that COVID hit. Um, th- that was predicted the year before. Then COVID hit, and then <laughs> yeah. it dropped, yeah. which was great for people who had large interest rates to go ahead and refinance. Um, but like like you were saying, Zeb, you know, people got to understand, uh, and older people know, 
um, the, the interest rates at one point in time were in like 18%, 20-something percent. I know when my parents bought their house, it was only two years old when they bought it, and it was, they, their, that was their interest rate at the time. Um, but And then not only do you have to contend with interest, the interest rates and the high cost of the houses, you also have to uh, contend with insurance issues right now. That has yeah. gone a little nutty. I'm trying to be nice. You know, it's, I mean, the thing is, is that, uh, and you hear the thing about it out now, it's not a secret anymore. The stories are out there on the news. You have um, people that, uh, one thing that they're contending with is, in terms of insurance is that they're having to replace their roof even whether or not they, they need to replace the roof because Absolutely. it's a certain age. Absolutely. What, what, what? Yeah. I didn't hear. Hold on. So, so with but, the roof yeah, situation, a, you know. Yeah, if it's a certain age, if it's like 20 years or more or whatever, regardless of what condition it may be in, the, some, some insurance companies are saying at this age you have to replace the roof. And then the owners of those houses that need the roof replaced replaced have to deal with scammers and they're out there they're knocking on your doors these days so be careful to all your listeners be careful don't open the mm-hmm. door to everybody who's trying to sell you something i don't open the door right. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, agreed agreed with the insurance you know i have past buyers calling me their insurance went from sixteen hundred dollars to forty six or fifty six hundred dollars. You know, and they need to come up with thirty or, or thirty five hundred dollars to put into the escrow because it's so high now and it's like where am I coming up with three thousand dollars? Right. And how do we help them? It's really hard. It's really hard for you know, for the consumer out there and for us. Yeah. And the thing about it is we, we have to, as realtors, I think, uh, our, our job has just gotten harder, period. We are going to have to do some unconventional thinking and use some of the other tools out there uh, to, to help our customers. I mean, we, we've got to be a little bit more astute and, and confident about the programs out there, like uh, the reverse mortgages out there, like the uh, renovation no. loans that no. are out there. Can I, can I, like, can I address that, like, Christian? <laughs> Like USDA. Say what? USDA is great, but a lot of counties and a lot of cities, before you go do anything, especially for 62 and older, especially, Mm -hmm. like Deltona has the best program ever, um, they will go ahead and cover sometimes the cost of the roof, the AC, weatherizing your windows. So before you go out and spend any money, check the governmental programs where you live because Mm -hmm. they're out there and they're – they are amazing to work with. So just um, before you spend money on those things, make sure you explore all your options. How do you do that, Lori? Where would you start if you want to know what these governments offers? Just Google whatever city you live in if you're in a city limit. If you're not in a city limit, if you're in a county limit, then you check a county program, um, renovation loans, and they're very affordable. Um, i trying to remember the name of them. There's the USDA one, Gretchen, absolutely right, but there's another one I can't remember. It's up to $25,000, and it sticks with the house. I so there's the some programs name. out there. Absolutely, you're right. 
Mm-hmm. But be careful yeah. of some of those box situations yeah. where, you know, the money is attractive and easy to get, but the payment or the stigmatization that attached to your home, you know, can be very, very serious and very easy for them to take. So be careful. The governmental and the city programs are going to require education. They're going to require anywhere from one to four hours of class for you to attend mm-hmm. before they're going to just give you the money and they're going to talk and to I you about it. And I think that's a great thing. Give me some counseling I, I, I with it. Um, yeah. Now, the reverse I think, mortgages. I, I think I just, any program... I think any yeah. program that provides, uh, you know, it's like we're not just going to hand you money. We're going to, like, tell you what you need to do, you know, before we hand you this money, I, I think is, is crucial. I think because we get people that jump out there, and we, we've got to, as, as realtors, I think we have to explain to people, like, yes, there's an, emo, an emotional investment, but there's definitely, um, especially for minority communities, I think they need to know that, in terms of generating wealth, creating wealth, creating generational wealth, that, um, you know, it, it can't just be about, you know, how you feel about the house. You've got to look at down the road, okay, um, it, it, you know, am I paying too much for the house now? What is it going to cost me down the road in terms of repairs? Um, you know, it, whatever things that I decide that I want to customize to make it my home, it, will, it, will it make it sellable? When I get ready to so, sell it, um, so, when I get ready to you know pass it, it to my my child or grandchild or niece or nephew or whatever, is it going to be more of a burden on them than um, a, you know uh, a benefit? And then also too, if you're older, you, you definitely have to look at the value in terms of selling it, possibly because a lot a lot of times um, when you get ready to go into something like a nursing home or whatever. Uh, Medicare gets involved and you could lose your home or the value of your home. A lot of what your value of your home goes into that. So there's a lot of things to think about. It's not just about, oh, this is so pretty, (laughs) you know. Yeah, well, the reverse mortgage, the whole thing, if you're not in your in your house for more than a year, then they take the house, they foreclose on it. That's one reason why I hate reverse mortgages. I just want to... What's been... um, so the other thing is that it's always been like that, but the house has to be in a certain condition before you can do a reverse mortgage. We just tried to do this with my aunt. Plus, you still have to pay mortgage insurance because it's an FHA loan. You still have to pay your property taxes. You have to maintain the insurance on it the whole time with reverse mortgage. So it's just, for me, it's not one of the best it's options. not for everybody. Right, for sure. That's not, not, not for everybody. Like I said, it's an option. You mean, I mean, because, well, okay. like I said, there there are a lot of tools out there. Think about also um, purchasing um, property through IRAs. That's that's one. That's a way to be able to use some of some of your uh, money that you you've managed to save purchases right. if you don't get priced out. Yeah, and then, I mean, I've done that before. It works. So mm-hmm. you know. Just look, you just have to look at all the options that's out there. Don't just go with the everyday, you know, FHA, VA, well, nowadays you can't get them, but FHA, VA, conventional, or cash. But look at something, you have to look outside the box and then mm-hmm. cross your teeth, dot your eyes, go through the details because it's really difficult to even be a competitor as a buyer in the market right now. And if I can put in a plug for this, 
um, if you go to HUD.gov and you look for housing counselors, they counsel you on everything that we've been talking about today, whether it's insurance, purchasing a home, refinancing, home maintenance, and a lot of times that's how you get the education to get the money out of the grants that are out there for you. So HUD.gov um, in the state of Florida, FloridaHousing.org has a ton of programs, not only for buying and selling, but for rental properties. Um, great, great um, option for looking for all types of housing, whether it's repairing housing, renovation, um, and the first-time homebuyers down payment assistance. The new hometown for heroes is under that. All the stipulations that you had Mark Pease on the other day for. He was mm -hmm. amazing. Thank you so much for having me. He is him. awesome. I learned yeah, he really yeah. is. He's, He's always been, good. No, I've known. I had it. <laughs> anyway, no, he's great. He and Chip White. Oh my gosh, they're the best. So, um, yeah. FloridaHousing.org. Not to put in a plug for them, but they have all the information for all the housing counselors, all the realtors who are out there researching people and helping people um, get as much money as they can to close on their houses and the lenders. So, like I said, it's just a really good option. And I mean, making educated choices. I mean, let, let's let's talk about who we're working with. We want to, you know, we want to make sure that people can get into affordable housing. We want to fight. We want to advocate. We want to get our everyday people into homes, not just those that have the money. I mean, and unfortunately, a lot of us are just going with who can qualify or who can buy. And mm -hmm. we have we as realtors need to reach out a little bit more, you know, advocate mm -hmm. a little bit more, be present, be you present where, you know, where we are to um, to be able to well, help our buyers yeah. and our sellers. I'm using housing counselors to get my buyers more qualified for more options, like 100% financing. So for 100% financing, you usually have to have a 680 credit score. Why not use a housing counselor? They are free, free of charge to help you get your credit score up to where it needs to be to qualify for conventional 100% loan, right? Why not use the options that are available to you if you're going through a maintenance issue and maybe, you know, city needs this education or that education. They can usually help you. If they can't, they can tell you who can. That's one of our options as realtors. We can use housing counselors. And enough realtors do not know what a housing counselor even is. And these are HUD-certified housing counselors. Are we staying on so, topic, Gretchen? Yes, no, you're fine. You, I mean, you're saying what people need to know. You're saying also what what uh, realtors need to think about also as well. So, no, you, you don't have to ask me. I know you guys know what you're doing. So, um, anyway. That's, but, that's um, exactly what I'm doing. I think that they can help their buyers more than one way. More than, yeah, more than one way. They can, you know, you and I and Zeth especially are all about partnerships. And this is one of the partners in our community that I would say 99.9% .9 of the realtors do not use, and it makes mm -hmm. for a better, more informed, more educated buyer, and they know what they're going into ahead of time because these classes tell you everything about how to be a better buyer. And how do they find those people? How do, what? If, you're not, if you're not working with a realtor, how does a buyer find you? The realtor or the a buyer. If a buyer is not working with a realtor, mm -hmm. how would they find these counselors? HUD.org or FloridaHousing.org. 
or dot gov. Yeah. Florida Housing has some programs too. Florida Housing has. I uh, Florida, I'm sorry, Florida Housing Finance. No, Florida Housing dot org. Right, Florida it's housing one. It's two different ones, right? And then there's the Florida okay. Housing Finance that also has with, some programs with, with Franz. Just with Franz. Yeah, Franz yes. is great. So that's four different um, counties, and they are amazing. They've got the link to Osceola. Orange County, City of Orlando, all the down payment assistance programs. He's really on top of it. Their website is great. And the amount that they can earn is higher. The amount of the house they can buy is higher for both Florida Bond, which is FloridaHousing.org, and Franz's program. So it tends to be higher than the city and the county assistance programs. We're going to take a quick break. We are here with we are here with Lori Rivera and Zepp Belay Lawrence, and we are doing a realtor roundtable. And yes, we are talking a lot. But if you have questions, we'll take those as well. The number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. When we come back, I have some kind of dicey topics that I want to discuss with you too. So uh, real estate related still. So anyway. We are taking a break. This is Dee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We have our Realtor Roundtable here with Zeppelai Lawrence and Lori Rivera. Uh, and if you have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. Now, I'm going to throw some stuff out there. Um, and I want to get your opinion on it. I think the appraisal industry needs to be held accountable for how they do business with um, minority buyers and sellers. Absolutely. Okay. And you know I've brought – I keep bringing this up. I brought it up before, um, especially uh, because of this. I mean, it was already crossing my mind anyway, but especially because of this one story in Jacksonville, and I'm going to remind people about it, where um, there was this biracial couple, and um, they had the appraiser come in because they wanted to sell their house. And the appraiser came in and did what they were going to do, and the appraisal came out a little lower than they thought it should have been. So what happened then was the uh, wife, who is African-American, took the pictures out of the home, you know, took out of the home any indication of, you know, who she was or any indication that there may be an African-American person living in the house and had an an appraiser come by. And the house appraised for, I want to say, about $125,000 more than the appraisal that occurred when it was, you know, 
just their house, you know. So th- this cannot be the only time that this has happened or the first time. And so how do we – and there's this tendency – uh, and I know everybody says location, 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 but okay. If I live in, in, I mean, we've gotten our hands tied so much that when we do descriptions of our, our properties, we can't necessarily put in there where, where it's close to or, or what it's near or, or whatever. Um, you know, but my thing is when you're appraising, if I'm close to a movie theater and you're close to a movie theater across town, you know, and you have, you know, kids or, you know, looking for family stuff to do, that's an asset regardless of what part of town you're in. A church, same thing, or a place of worship, I should say, uh, near restaurants, you know, because a lot of things to me in terms of the value is a matter of preference. Okay. You may be near an Italian restaurant on your side of town, and I may be, they may be near a Caribbean restaurant on my side of town or whatever. Well, my pre- if my preference is Caribbean restaurants and whatever else on this side of town, that's where I'm going. If, I, if it's Italian restaurants, that's where I'm going, you know. So I have a problem with uh, some of what's happening with the appraisals because – and the reason I have a problem with it too is because it tends to devalue certain properties, especially minority properties, and make them uh, ripe for the picking, so to speak, uh, for governments as well as private buyers or investors. Because governments tend to, and I've seen it happen in Orlando, John Young Parkway is a good example where uh, it ran right through um, an African-American community that had prime real estate. Okay. So, but these properties get devalued so low where people buy these properties, um, get a steal, and then do other stuff with them that are not necessarily beneficial toward their communities. So I'm putting that out there. Give me your thoughts. Well, you said a lot. I agree with the appraisal, yeah. (laughs) Um, I do think that when they put them into a pool, it was a mistake. However, that's my personal opinion on that, But and and, and Lori's. However, what I'll say about current day is that being in this pool under this management company, they're just picking somebody. Sometimes you have people coming out of Tampa to appraise a property in Orlando, and guess what they're doing? They're doing a desktop appraisal. Okay, the last two mm-hmm. that I've had, they waive the appraisal. So we can't blame the appraisals for something they're not even doing. I mean, they waive, the banks waive the appraisal. That's not an so. everyday appraisal. Uh-huh. though. The, the past two I had are. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's. But this is the thing. You can't blame the appraisals for what's not happening with the appraisals. No, well, we are it's talking about bank. current, Lori. So, yes, yeah, so that happens, right? I would agree that happens. Mm-hmm. But in the case where it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. isn't this a situation with the appraisals where I don't think it's on the appraisals. I think it's on the banks who are paying the and it's on the financial institutions because whether or not the appraisers are going to appraise these 
is kind of a moot point to them at some point in time, right? They're going to say, we're going to give you the money to borrow up to this point, and number one. Number two, the amount of cash deals we had last year was, what, 33%? So the appraisers aren't always in, even involved but Lori, in we're it. talking about on a racial basis. An appraiser goes out, regardless of who hires them or mm-hmm. whose fault it is, yeah. the appraiser but, is actually doing the appraisal, and they're doing well, things, taking into consideration where they are. Whether Am yeah. I in a minority company? But they do do that. It's proof. Have, okay. Have you had it happen? I haven't had a closing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm saying, However, yes, I have, actually. Yes, I, I have had it happen. I haven't. It, it wasn't as bad as these days, yeah. but I have had it happen. I haven't had it happen recently, but the one thing is when you're listing a house, I always tell them to take everything personal out of it anyway and make it very neutral. So I'm trying to stay on the point of what, what, of what Gretchen asked. Right? I'm not seeing, I'm, okay, wait, 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 wait. Why does it matter? Because this isn't the only thing. I'm going to go on to this, too. Why does it matter who owns the house? Whether it's African American, it's the house, okay? It's brick and mortar. It's a house, okay? Because the other thing that's happening, too, that that I've I've discovered is that people are, and I don't know how we get around this, too, in terms of discrimination, but people are picking and choosing um, applications based on the buyer's name, and if it looks that, ethnic, then they're, they're putting that on the bottom of the list or, or telling realtors to put them at the bottom of the list. We are not supposed to do that. You're supposed to come with the best offer. You're not supposed to be looking at my name. You're supposed to be looking at my money. And that's something that I heard, have heard of a lot lately in the mortgage industry. So, yeah. No, I can't. Um, car right there. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, I know, but I can't. So, sorry, Gretchen. We're driving. We're um, driving. Yeah, we are driving, not me. <laughs> so I know, I know. Team effort. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's something I don't know how to get around, and we are addressing it in the industry of the other job that I work for. And actually there was a just um, a conference last week in D.C. that I totally missed. But it is something that I am hearing quite a bit of in that industry. So they are addressing it and Community Redevelopment, oh my gosh, Reinvestment Act is something that we should be addressing every community, every bank, every, yeah, every bank has to do a certain amount of loans reflecting the people in their community and if they don't they can be sued for that amount of money so when we see this happening we need to report it so that we report it too we can go to the FTC Trade Commission um, national NCRC is a big NCRC is a huge group of attorneys and nonprofits they do all kinds of demographics, and and they advocate. They yeah. Have, yeah, they advocate for housing and and for and discriminatory um, behaviors and practices. Yeah, they sued um, Fifth Third a few years ago for thirty-five million dollars, and that's how some of their 
when we have these big $25,000 grants or $15,000 grants going out for certain companies like Wells Fargo, Fifth Third, for first-time home buyers and things like that, that's where that money comes from. It's a Community Reinvestment Act, and there's every bank should have a CRA agent at the bank, a Community Reinvestment Act individual, whether it's the manager or whoever. But they have to be reinvesting dollars that reflect the community back into the community, which means giving mortgages, giving small business loans, you know, and if they're not, report it to NCRC, report it to FTC. You can go to HUD, absolutely to HUD, and report it there. CFPB is huge. CFPB is very powerful, um, and there's right online, and it's very easy to work with them, and you can call them, and they respond very quickly. But CFPB, Consumer Finance, I'm going to get it wrong, Protection Bureau, that's right. Um, they will absolutely advocate for consumers, minorities especially. I'm finding out about new products all the time for loans. I'm working with a Native American right now. Um, they pay no mortgage insurance, and they only have to put down 2.5% for practically the entire state of Florida. But again, getting that type of loan accepted is not going to work ever unless you use one of these companies like Ribbon or something else where you they purchase the property cash and then they buy it afterwards. That's it. And then you have to spend, like, what, 1% to 3% of the purchase price to get in as a cash offer. So you can get around it or report it. When you see it, report it. That's, That's the thing. We have to be more advocates. Yeah. Um, and not just realtors. I'm talking about consumers. I'm talking everyday people. You know, we have mm -hmm. to speak up more. We have to write our congressmen, our council people. We have to, you know, call all of these politicians, especially on the local level, every last mm -hmm. one of us. If it upsets you, you think it's unfair, write them. Call the office. Show up there. That's what they're there for. Yeah. You know, they may not want to talk to us. They might shove us off. But don't give up because I'll write everybody. I'll yeah. write every. I don't have time, but 12 o'clock at night, I'm writing everybody because <laughs> my buyers, my, my customers, my seniors, uh -huh. you know, yeah. they're not getting anything out here, and they're being left behind. They're being squeezed out. I mean, if they live in a prime property that in the wrong location, right, because it's not prime, you won't believe how they're squeezing out these seniors. They're making everything technology. You know, they're using tactics that these seniors can't use and don't want to start learning. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, real estate, we got to speak up because we will have nowhere to live. We might all be living in Winter Haven or someplace in between the boonies. I learned a new, a new city the other day. Which one? Someplace between Lakeland and uh, Winter Haven, somewhere. I don't remember the name Brandon? of it. No, that's a not typical name. But Brandon. anyways, getting off topic, you know, all these little towns <laughs> that we're, re, we're, we're restarting simply because we can't live here. Right. Which is where right. the job is. Right. Right. Now, the in the other now my other issue too is um, HOAs, which I I think oh, they. Oh, that's really my mean. pet peeve. It's my pet peeve. Oh my gosh! Yes, go <laughs> ahead. New York. You must be from New York. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> no, I mean, and mine too. I mean, my husband and I, uh, we're on our second property together, and just say, uh, uh, no. I mean, and we looked at these houses in the parade of homes, and it's like, oh, you know, this is nice and that's nice and everything, but. 
they're all in these communities with HOAs. And, you know, and, and there's no way in the world, not that I don't want a nice neighborhood. I do. And I think I can move into a neighborhood where they I mean, right now I'm in a neighborhood. I have great neighbors, um, the few that I know, uh, great neighbors. And, um, you know, we all look out. I have a couple of them that when I go out of town, they, they you know, I, I hit them up on, you know, with a text. You know, they do the same for me. You know, and, and so uh, I, I, but the, you know, I mean, we're watching out for for each other, and you know, we keep each other abreast of what's going on. But we're not necessarily paying X amount of dollars a month to do it and stuff. So my thing is, you know, and, and what are you paying for? We we looked at some of these neighborhoods and it's like, okay, there's a little play area over off to the side in the corner and stuff like that. Outside of that little thing that I'm not going to use because I have no kids. And the front entrance, which is awesome, you know, what am I paying for every month, okay? You're not mowing mowing my grass, you know. You're not fixing my roof, you know. Uh, But you're going to put, because if I don't pay my my, uh, dues or whatever, you're going to put a lien against my property. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I think it's crazy that the government allows homeowners association that is paid by the community to come back and take your home because they think that in three years your paint is dated or that you're sticking bed, especially during COVID, and you can't get out and mow your grass when you've always mowed your grass. You know, you've got to find income that you don't have to pay somebody to come cut your grass because they've sent in you summonses. And after three summons or two summons in some communities, they're, they're filing because it's so easy, so ridiculously easy for an HOA to take your house. And this all happened in the last 15 years or so when the market fell in 2000. Yes, yes. You just gave them that, and they're still allowed to just foreclose on you. It just behooves me, right? So, so, so an HOA can, be, can foreclose on you before your first mortgage holder. And then there's a whole complexity that the mortgage holder later on comes because now you're not paying the mortgage, but guess what? You don't own the house no more. Some Joe by Schmo took away your house. It, it's just... It's not as bad as it was before, but it's an Orlando thing. Honestly, the, the central, central Florida, I'm doing a lot out in Volusia County, and they don't have anywhere near the amount of HOAs that we have um, in Orlando, and it seems like Orlando, the HOAs, they maintain the value better and higher for the property prices, but as Some. far as, not all, but I'm going to say the majority, yes, no? I'll give you half. Okay, 50%. <laughs> all right, but in <laughs> Daytona, if a community is especially over 15 years old, it seems like the um, property value is actually lower in an HOA community, specifically where my aunt lives, um, than the property value is by like fifty to $70,000. It's insane. I mean, look at the prices in New Smyrna now. They tend to be even higher than Orlando, which is crazy to me. I'm just disagreeing with... HOA should not have that type of power to foreclose on your house and take away your homestead. Because some of us, we put everything into that one house. Our seniors, Mm -hmm. and I'm an advocate for seniors, 
they don't have any recourse. Right. They have, mm-hmm. And you take it away instead of trying to solve the problem. Or maybe as a community, let's help you. Let's, let's, whatever it is that's happening that don't agree with your bylaws, let's take care of it. Community legal services. You know, and, but I'm just saying, um, I totally agree with it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm there to sign yeah. the first, the first whatever against them. I'll be there matching with you guys if you want me to, because I, I'm <laughs> highly, I'm not saying get rid of all of them. Some of them have a purpose. Yeah. I think they, you know, they can serve a purpose. Well, but I think, I think that, that the HOAs need to be accountable to its residents, not the other way around, and that's what I see happening. I think you vote people into those positions. Some of those people get into those positions because it's a a notch on their resume, seriously. They're not necessarily about the residents. Some of them, that's what they're there for. It's a power play. And the thing about it, the HOAs are there for the residents, not the other way around. And that that needs to, um, you know, be called oh. attention to. Now, I before we, I don't, we our time is going, so I I need to get to this other, you know, I I have to get to these things that that are sticking in my craw, so to speak. Um, so, uh, what are your opinions about buyers purchasing property sight unseen? You, no showings, this whole thing about no showings. I have an issue with that, I and mean, I guess because I work mostly with buyers. But I have an issue where you want to take my money, and I can't see what you're trying to give me for my money. Why would a buyer ever do that is my question. I mean, working with me will ever do that. But um, what's, right. your, what's, your, what's your opinion on that, um, buying a house unseen? Well, you know, I, I come from the opposite end, so thank God I work with a lot of investors, international investors, and so they are buying sight unseen. Yeah, but you go for the best difference if you go to the inspections for them. I go to the inspections. I, I take pictures. I do videos. My local buyers, and if my international buyer can be here, like I have them sign something, you know, that if later on you don't like it, you know, there's a waiver because I'm always very touchy and itchy about it where I don't want to, I don't want to take that responsibility if you ended up in a home that you don't like. So I, I take precautions for that because later on, anything go wrong, it, you know, they will blame you. My local buyers, if they're at work, if they're had to be out of town for whatever emergency situation, I will do the home inspection for you, but you are always making a decision. But that's, that's the thing. I, there is an inspection, and there is an inspection period. And actually, the last property we lost was number one because it wasn't. We, we got some con, um, approved as conventional, but we wouldn't release the inspection clause. That's the reason we lost it. So, mm. I mean, that's that's common today, and it is common today. That worries me absolutely, and I would mm-hmm. never do that because how can you buy something that you haven't inspected that you don't know what it is? The other thing is you can yeah. go ahead and do the inspection ahead of time before you put the offer in, but then how many offers are you going to make before you get accepted and and paying for that every time? Inspection yes. every time, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. again, another catch-22. I'm with you entirely, Gretchen. Yeah, I, I have a problem. I see these these commercials where, you know, 
oh, we won't have all these people going through your house. Well, um, hey, you decided to sell your house to someone else. It's not going to be your house much longer. And you, like you always say, Lori, put up the personal stuff. Put it away. You know, I always tell people, designate one room or a portion of the garage that you will not be using and put all your – start packing. Put all your stuff in boxes in that designated area so it's not cluttering up the rest of the house and people can see the house. You know, people can uh, smell the house. Absolutely, absolutely, you know, absolutely. So, you know, you can, you, you, uh, you know, it's not just what you see in pictures. You know, because I've heard people say, well, you know, they took pictures of this wall, but the other wall had a hole in it. Okay? And we know, we've seen those houses with the holes in the walls because for whatever reason, especially if there were renters in there, the people got angry and they did stuff because they had to go out the house and they didn't want to. Uh, so, and then you, uh, there's these commercials with these kids running around. I'm sorry, you're the parent. Get control of your kids. I'm sorry. Well, you know, we're from the life of discipline, um, that dis- discipline sector. So, um, yeah, I don't know, okay. we're in a different realm. You know, somebody yeah, no, was I running mean, and jumping on the furniture the other day and I had to say, listen, get your child. This ain't home. Yeah, I know. So this I know, ain't no, home. No, no, Let's no. discipline them. Let's this say no. Can house. we say no? Let's say no. Yeah. Let's just say no. Even if it no, is your no, house, can't. act like you act, act like you got some some sense. You know, no. You you're the adult. Be the parent. Be the adult. Whatever, and get control of your child. Okay. I you, I, you know, I okay. I'm sorry. I'm old school I agree. in that I way. Agree. We get off on that all the time. I'm doing it. Well, you know, I do staging, and so I'm like, no, no means no. You got to tell the kid no. They cannot. This is what it is. But parents don't want to, you know, upset their children nowadays. But okay, well, different and we lifestyle. We, and we we see what's happening with that. This is another topic. But yeah, we see what's happening. Yes. Now. Oh, I'll with, be happy to be on that. I would have to be on that too. Yes. <laughs> that's, yes. A, that's another day. Okay, so that's another day. I can be left. on that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. We can talk about that all day long. But anyway, we got a few minutes left, so I want to get from you to um, advice that you would give to your buyers, your sellers, your investors. Just a few quick tips. All right. So right. Um, one of the things I always tell whether it's you know it's a local buyer or it's a it's a it's a second home international whatever it is i tell them do not get emotionally attached do not get in you know attached to whatever you're seeing simply because you make emotional decisions because that's the house i want and you end up paying $100,000 more you end up waiving the appraisal, you end up waiving the home inspection, you end up, you know, paying way too much. And so I tell them, don't get emotionally attached. Look at a house, three out of your four requirements, if it could fulfill that, then okay. But if it doesn't fulfill, don't don't budge. I mean, these days you have to budge a little bit, but don't get emotionally attached. Just, you know, it would be my number one thing I will say to them. And don't waste stuff. You know, you want to you wanna inspect. You, you don't want to waste money. Okay, for my buyers, number one, get yourself educated. Find out about different products that are out there, and if you really, really want a house, find out the way to get it. Education, educate, educate, educate. educate. For my sellers, you, you can sell just about anything right now for some decent money, but still, 
you know, you only get one chance to make a first impression, right? For the investors, trust your realtor, find a good one, talk to them, find out what their priorities are, and stick to what you're, if you give them a dollar amount, if you give them a place, be open to the realtor's suggestion, but the minute they find something for you, don't change your mind. <laughs> Just, you know. Stick to your list. Stick to your list. Stick with your, your realtor and trust their instincts because they're your feet on the ground and your eyes. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> yep. Well, and I would say if I would say if you're a buyer, if it says 100% financing, you still need money. <laughs> Let's be clear. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> you you need money. You need money for appraisals. You need money for insurance. You need money for inspections. You know, even if it does come out, you know, I mean, this, you know, if it, if it comes out, you're able to finance, which I don't agree with financing any fees for 30 years. Okay, I'm just not. You still need to buy furniture for that home. You still need to put food in the refrigerator for that home. What? You still, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you you know, so you need to come with some money. All right, so no, you can't just come up with 100% finance and go in the house and just sleep on the floor. I'm just not you for know, that. I, I mean, you can. Something. I wanted to just add something. There seems sure. to be a stigma with getting money from any entity, meaning whether it's DPA whether it's um, um, any yes, kind of, yes, yes, you know, any kind of funding from the government, as if it's, um, it's a, you know, it's, people look down on you because you've got down payment assistance. Oh, she's poor, or you know, or he can't afford this, or whatever. Right? I need to let them to know you work hard. You've put money into your community. You put money into your city, and sometimes we need a little help. So don't be too proud. To apply to these program and participate. Well, not only I don't even think I, proud, I think you're I entitled. Okay, here's the word entitled. Okay. So this is this is my word for you. Mm-hmm. Put your time and your energy and your feelings and everything you have into our communities. Why do you not deserve DPA down payment assistance? That's what it's there for. I mean that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's there for all of us who are qualified, who get our credit scores up, who pay our bills down mm-hmm. for our debt-to-income ratios and save a little bit. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. When you take a first-time homebuyer's education courses, all these things are addressed. So please take a great first time. Educate, educate, educate. Sorry. I mean, you got – that's okay. No, you got – you know, because you got tools out there. And, I, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, it was like, you know, why are you going to begrudge someone to get some extra free money? You put money into the stock market to get some extra free free money that you didn't put in there in the first place. <laughs> I love the hardest so, hit, man. I love the hardest hit funds. I had more middle class Americans, low, very low middle yeah. class. I felt like everybody was getting a piece of the pie with the hardest hit funds when we had them. They were just, uh, oh, I got every single deal. Veterans, first time home buyers, just. Yep. Yeah, hey, ladies, got to go. Thank you, Lori Rivera. Thank you, Zepalai Lawrence. Love you guys. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks it was a lot. lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for inviting us, Gretch. Be intentionally Anytime. safe, Anytime. And thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed. By the way, one of our favorite organizations habitat for your humanity will be on on monday at 11:30. so don't miss that 
Anyway, like I said, be well, be safe, be blessed. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Make it all right. God is, able. God is able. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. He'll supply. He'll supply. Whatever is broken. Whatever is broken. He can fix it. He can fix it. No need to worry. No need to worry. He's alive. Hey. Okay.